Welcome to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Driuso, performer and creator by nature, voice specialist and leadership coach by day. And I work with entrepreneurs all over the world to help them unleash their voice and step into the leader that they were destined to be. This podcast is an unfiltered look at what it takes to truly own who you are as a leader, unleash your voice, and get your message to the masses. Are you ready to turn up the volume on your dreams, your desires, and your income? Sweet. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Unleash Your Voice. I am so honored to be in your ears wherever you are, whether you're driving the car, doing your laundry, or you are working this day away. I am so excited to be here with you today. So our guest today is an amazing human being. He has done some incredible work in this world, and he has a really exciting project that I am in full support of. So we will keep all the details down below in the show notes. I will allow him to introduce himself, and his story is so phenomenal, you guys. It is a must listen to. So if you feel called to share this episode with your friends and really allow them to tap into this brilliance please, please share this away. There's one major thing that my guest Daniel is sharing about today. And I just want to point this out. We talked about this within the podcast itself. It's hidden within the beautiful, beautiful story of his own evolution. But this is one major thing that I wanted to pull out. One of my favorite quotes from this entire podcast is I was trying to affect significance instead of be significance. There is a big distinction. So if you're ready to become completely masterful in your art, in your work, in your mission as a leader, a coach, and really someone who's going to create massive change in this world, this is for you. And I'm so excited to share this with you. So without further ado, here is our guest. Okay, amazing. So introduce yourself for those of us that don't know who you are and let us know how you got started in this business. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Daniel Thomas Hind. Three names because when I was growing up in grade school, I went to a little Catholic school in Long Island, New York, and there was like 40 kids total in my grade and, and four or five of us had the name Daniel. So I was always Daniel Thomas in order to distinguish because there was also another kid with the last name Hind. So I've, I've kept the three names and I feel like it edges the line between pompous and pretentious and dignified. So you choose if it's dignified or pompous and pretentious. So how did I get started? Well, better yet, who am I? What am I up to in the world? Um, uh, my core business is called Evolution Eats. I am uh, I am a self mastery coach, a peak performance coach. I help people, workaholics, entrepreneurs, um, focus on building healthy relationships with their selves by uh, focusing on their health, mastering their mindset, designing lifestyles that amplify and support their success, and helping them align with their true purpose and their true power 
uh, in life. And so I work with people in a one-on-one way through Evolution Eat. We've helped thousands of people master the core competencies of healthy living to get in um, to get into the best shape of their their lives and develop the practice of healthy eating as opposed to trying to lose as much weight as quickly as possible. Living healthily is a skill that you develop and practice over time. So that's a really, that's, that's the core uh, message of what we do. And, um, and along the way, I've also, since, since we're going over my resume, since I've also <laughs> built and found, I've, I've built, I've founded, and I just recently sold um, a business, a number of different businesses that, uh, that I think have done a lot of good in the world. So I am just constantly, constantly, constantly working it. And I think my, um, my operating principle in life has been to until now I'm 30. So I'm, I've passed that threshold. I'm still alive and I'm 30. And now Um, up until, up until now, my, my operating principle, why I do so many things is, is because, um, I've wanted to open as many doors as possible and to create as much opportunity for myself as possible. I think that my guiding, uh, my guiding purpose up until this year was to create freedom and opportunity in my life because, uh, the, the life that I live now as an entrepreneur, which I've been, which I've been as an entrepreneur and a coach, which I've been for, for five years now is so starkly different than the life that I was leading until then. Mm-hmm. Um, so until I, I made the leap as so many people who I've spoken to, uh, feel, I, I felt just trapped and lost and, and hopeless, uh, without going into the full, like <laughs> the full, the full history. Cause we could have a whole podcast about that. Um, I was, a, a we'll call it a professional academic growing up. I went to a very privileged high school, all scholarship high school in New York city. There was a lot of, um, pride and pressure involved in that. And so at a very young age, I assumed a lot of, a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and, and assumed the identity that I'm like important and I'm to be successful and I'm on a certain trajectory now. Um, I was going to go to Georgetown law school and then last minute decided not to go to law school because even though, you know, um, all of my majors. I was an English major and a, and a political economy major. Everything I had done up until that point was kind of preparation for law school. And my family certainly wanted me to go. Uh, I just, I just knew in my heart of hearts that that would have, that would have made me uh, miserable. And, and so I chose not to go, I got in and I chose not to go, but, um, what ended up happening was that I, spiraled into a pretty, pretty bad free fall because up until that point for the previous decade, I was trained effectively to meet external demands. There's, there's, there's so much pressure put into what are you going to become at such a young age? And there's so many expectations around it that you just learn how to react to the context that you're already in as opposed to asking why is this important to me and testing beyond the edges of that neatly defined path that school, et cetera, has, has outlined for you and has paved for you. So up until that decision of I'm not going to go to law school, 
I had never before in my life really made a choice for myself, like an, uh, a life impacting choice for myself. And that, while that was empowering, it was also, um, completely disempowering because I didn't have anything else to hold me afloat. My success and being in school and being academic, right? Like being an academic, these things were my identities. And that was how I related to myself as somebody who did well in school and who was on a certain path. So the second I, I exited from that trajectory, it was like, boom, just crashed down fast, 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 fast. And, um, and that's, and, and to me, that's really sad. I would one day I have uh, real aspirations of changing the schooling system so that kids can develop their creativity and ask why they actually are doing what they're doing and, and what they care about so that we can then create unique trajectories for each individual to exercise their brilliance as opposed to, you know, packing them into, um, into a tin can and, and, and labeling you as, as, as something, uh, Mm. I like, love that so much. I talked about when I, within my coaching, um, evolution, <laughs> yes, I was for a hot second, like a post-grad coach. That's when I started like the passion of paycheck. This used to be the passion of paycheck podcast because mm-hmm. going, I, we talked about this like broke struggling artist post-grad, like what the fuck? Oh yeah. And I've got, like, I've got plenty of that as well. Yeah. You get off and you're like, it's going to be great. And then you like jump off and you're like, no. And then everyone's expectations come for you. So you're like trying to reach towards the top of this cliff that you just fell off, but everything is weighing you down of people's expectations. So I love that you talked about that because it's so true. And I think a lot of us entrepreneurs, especially we're all waking up to like, especially coaches, we're all waking up to this idea of changing the education system, which I freaking love. So keep going. I just wanted to share that. That was so, it's so good. Keep talking. I love it. <laughs> cool. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for, please keep jumping. I'm, I'm prone to, to talking my ass off and I just keep talking, <laughs> talking, talking, but, um, uh, so, so, so that's something that's really important to me, right? Cause I experienced it. And also I see that within so many people of my, like even my friends still who chose the corporate route or who went to, um, you know, who went to different, uh, graduate schools there, they haven't, it sounds so cheesy, but they, they really haven't found themselves. And, and it's more that they've never practiced choosing themselves. And this is a really important distinction. They haven't practiced following their deep, deep, deep intuition and following their heart. So they end up doing what is expected of them or what they project is to be expected of them and then find themselves really lost, really at a distance from themselves. And I was there. So that was very much me. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I did this a decade ago, practically, as opposed to in my thirties or or forties or or fifties as has been, you know, um, has been the trend, especially now that like, I see that within my, 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 my parents and their generation and their friends, et cetera. So, um, so lost free fall, et cetera. Uh, Georgetown degree got me a good job though. Right. I, I was still a competitive, uh, I was still competitive in, in the job market, although it was 2010 at the time. And that was right after the crash. So it, it wasn't a very plentiful job market. The, the, the demand for jobs high, the supply, low and basic economics would tell you that that doesn't make, um, for a fun experience. So you combine that with where I, with where I was psychologically and and emotionally and, 
Oof, it was tough. It was tough, tough, tough. But I got a job at William Morris Endeavor, WME, which at this point, because it's, it's, it's taking on so much, uh, so many other forms of business. So it's like WME and CAA are the two big ones. And uh, I was working on the desk uh, as an assistant to a literary agent. And while that was a really cool job, because it's like a, it's just a cool world to be in. It's, it, it was abundantly clear to me that that's not my path. Um, I don't want to be an agent. I, in fact, I want to be the talent. So this takes me to my second big decision in life where apropos of nothing other than the fact that, uh, I've been told I'm, uh, I I'm, I'm loud and, uh, enrolling in my way of being and, <laughs> and consider myself pretty charming and cunning. I, I started to take lessons, uh, while I was working at WME as a stage actor, uh, on the weekends and during some weeknights. And then I decided to go to conservatory full time. And I'm, I'm just teasing myself a little bit because, uh, throughout my childhood, uh, and throughout my teens, I was really artistic and unexpressed because I wasn't like encouraged by, um, I wasn't encouraged uh, to, to be that way, but that was who I was. So like I, I played in a band for a number of years as a guitarist. Um, we made the best album, uh, emo album that nobody has heard. (laughs) Oh my God. I need a copy of that. Uh, Oh, I'm, I want to become famous just so that I can, uh, just so that I can sell the thousands of copies of CDs that are still sitting in my mother's basement. (laughs) I would like the digital EP of that, please. And thank you. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) of course. So, um, and and I wrote a novel, uh, during my senior year at Georgetown because that's just the Uh sort of person I am. So, so, uh, but I, I didn't go into music and I didn't go into to writing novels. I chose acting because in some backward way, I thought, you know, in some backward way, I thought that will allow me to gain the significance that I know myself uh, to, to be, right? So it's like trying to yeah. affect significance versus be significant. And it's a big distinction. And it was, I, I, I think acting is the hardest profession in the world. God bless everybody who goes into it. It is so... And stays into it. And stays in it, right? right. I was in it for twenty, like yeah. It's yeah. It's so challenging. I mean, what that and it's the best training for pretty much doing anything else in life. And so for me, as you'll as the story will unfold, it became training for the next step, which was my becoming an entrepreneur. So to wrap to wrap the story up, because I know I talk a lot. uh, I I love it though. This is all so good. Like seriously, this is this is just all amazing. Just know. This is perfect. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, people who listen are are uh, are getting something it. out of it. Okay. Cool. They will love it. Um. So I stay. So I studied uh, at the NYU Conservatory, the Stella Adler Conservatory in New York, for two years. I uh, did an, an accelerated graduate program, and I completed that, and then moved to Los Angeles, um, where I got had representation, got representation, and uh, you know did the, did the acting circuit just was going on a ton of auditions, going to more and more classes, training to do on camera work, because that's just what I thought is what you do. That's what you do. (laughs) Um, and all along the way, I knew that I had made the wrong choice, right? Like I knew that in my heart of hearts, I was not 
an actor and didn't aspire to be an actor. And I also knew that, wow, or I saw that if one is to do this, you have to be a hundred percent all the time and deal with such, such shits. I mean, just on a daily basis, I mean, like suffering through bad roles, jobs that you don't want to do in order to like, practice and get yourself out there and be seen. And a lot of the decisions aren't in your hands. Even if you show up as prepared as possible, you, if you don't have the right look, you're going to be completely looked over. It, it, oh my gosh. Just- I love that because I, I always tell people, I'm like, I will never forget spending like hundreds of dollars on headshots where if they didn't like my eyebrows, I wouldn't be considered anyways. So why would I like send this? Right. And it's just so funny where they could just look at your eyes and be like, Oh, they're too close together. And like throw the headshot off the table that you just spent your entire weeks <laughs> like pay on. And it's just so funny. And I love that um, you're talking about this. Cause I think it's so important that one of my main missions, especially, and I'm going to get you to talk about mm-hmm. finding your voice after this. Okay. Cause I think it's, it's just going to be super cool. Just, knowing your background and and what you teach on now and what you're going to be teaching on in your upcoming course is just super cool. But one of the things that I found that I, I just am destined to work with is people who, and you can probably relate to this. Like when you're an actor, you're taught that you go from being a character to neutral. You walk into an audition, you have to be everything that everyone expects you to be always. Mm -hmm. And so you go from trying to be a character to be everything everyone expects you to be. And within that, you're going from being a different character to being you, being a different character or not being you, being neutral, going to be a different character, being neutral. And I remember standing outside auditions being like, Kate Danielle, eyes on the horizon, chin down, throat relaxed, shoulders back, fingertips down the side of your jeans, make sure you're in alignment, make sure you walk in like this, hit your mark. Don't look at the audience people or don't look at the audition people look past them. Like all these rules that were in my head that it's Mm -hmm. almost like you with neural pathways, you're constantly building neural pathways and you do mindset work and stuff like that. But what I don't think people recognize is that when you're always playing a role to like meet someone else's expectations, your neural pathways now are being rerouted to either be a character or be someone's expectation of who you are. And that's why so many people lose themselves. And it's so cool. Cause I want you to talk about hustle after as well, because I think this is just so key that we start to glorify these things like being neutral mm. and hustle and all these things as the way that you're supposed to be or you're supposed to play a role of the most successful entrepreneur in the world. And when you do that and you put that mask on, of that's the role that you're playing. And then you go back to neutral, you put on this mask and then you go out on stage and you go captivate an audience and you come back down and someone says, Holy cow, like your work has impacted me so much. And when they say that to you, you don't feel like it's you. You feel like it's the role that you play. So you have a disconnect from that. And then you still don't feel good enough. Just like in acting, how like you still don't feel good enough. And then you go hang out with your parents or something like that. And you, now you have to play the role of their, their, the, the daughter or son that they've always known, but you're like, I'm trying to play this other role of being the most successful, whatever. And no matter what, you're always trying to avoid the criticism because you don't even know who you are anymore. Yeah. And it's just um, like, so it, it, this is, this is, um, this is, uh, a, a very, uh, this is, in, this is incredibly important to me because uh, most people go throughout their lives. Most people go throughout their lives 
playing a role of a projection uh, of a projection, right? They, we project what others expect of us or how we're supposed to live. So we, we project a way of being based on really self defense mechanisms, like protection. So like we we protect ourselves from actually sharing ourselves and then we project how it's supposed to be or how we ought to be. And we then build lives, relationships, habits uh, around that to like support that and to convince ourselves that we're being authentic when, when, when deep down a lot of us know that that's not true. And so that sort of internal divide of um, being the actor and being the author is, mm-hmm. is something that I, you know, is a, is a condition of humanity, but especially in the modern, especially our modern humanity and contemporary age of, of social media and access to everything. And, you know, the, the paradox of, of choice, when you have so many choices and options and ideas, you have so much influencing your sense of who you're supposed to be and how it's supposed to go that mm-hmm. you lose sight of that, that deep, 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 deep trust. Um, that's only true to you. So coming back to my story, yeah. I, I got to the point where about a year into my stay in Los Angeles, I felt so bad. I mean, it, I was, I was really, de- it was a, it was a deep depression and I was numbing myself with, um, with, uh, with drugs, with a lot of uppers, you know, um, uh, Adderall, Vyvanse, uh, other shits, you know, uh, party drugs when, when, when available. And I would try to make it as available as possible. I was going on antidepressants, which I have, I'm not going to go into that. I think that they're, they're, they're really helpful tools for some people, but, uh, but I think way often too readily uh, distributed to mask or to decorate um, unhappiness as opposed to doing the, the work and applying yourself to, to create your own meaning in life. So I think people rely on these external exogenous substances to, to, to feel, to produce meaning on the outside when, and and not look within. Right. So that's, that's my problem with, 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 um, with, with medication, not, not in in what it represents, but in, in how readily it's, it's, it's used. So I was on every, you know, I was on a bunch of stuff just to get, just to, just to help me pretend that I was like doing the right thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I felt so, so, so divided within myself. So one day I decided, you know, to come back to that, that deep internal truth. I said, shit, I just can't do this. <laughs> I remember I was walking on my, uh, my block. It was Hayworth Avenue in West Hollywood. And, uh, I was walking past this, the house in which F Scott Fitzgerald died in and F Scott Fitzgerald is my favorite. He and Hemingway are my two favorite authors they're kind of like the yin and yang and um they they for anybody who's a literary buff they were uh they were part of the, the lost generation the expats who moved over to europe and and wrote a lot about uh, their, es- their escapades in, in europe during that during the 20s and 30s and 40s etc um uh, f scott fitzgerald although he's famous now became 
uh, a drunk and like a has been a washed up loser, uh, at the end of his career and died like at like 40 something years old, very young and died in this worth the same that I lived on, lived in. And, uh, I was walking by his house and I just, I, 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 I'm, I had this, I had this like overwhelming thought of like, wow, I can't, I just, I can't do this. I don't think it was inspired by him, but it was, it was funny that it happened right as I was walking by the house. And I just, I just can't do this anymore. I must, 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 must listen to myself. I must follow, um, I must follow whatever is my truth here. And then I have to develop what my truth is. Cause I don't even know I've developed all these protective mechanisms that have kept me from myself for so long, for years, since I was 14 years old and I got into Regis high school, I've developed all these protective mechanisms that didn't allow me that, that, that helped me not follow my, I decided then and there that I was no longer going to use anything to make me feel good. I was just going to rely on myself. And even though, uh, I had spent two years act, uh, going through acting conservatory, another year doing the thing in LA, uh, two and a half years at William Morris endeavor. So I'm so far removed from like, I'm so far removed from school at this point that, you know, one inclination would be to always go back to school and I'll like start to build a career. But I felt so removed from that. I'm so removed from, myself because i've been doing this path of stuff that of acting that doesn't have anything to do with 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 who i am and who i want to be so i said well since the whole idea of a resume is completely lost and nonsensical at this point i i guess i can just start anew like like i and i had that insight that oh i i can just completely start over right and right 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 now and I really have no option because anything from the past that would have been um, some sort of validation doesn't apply anymore. Not really. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Oh, I, I so I'm, I'm going to start anew. Um, and I'm not going to use anything to make me to regulate myself. I'm just going to use myself. I'm just going to focus on myself. So at that time, you know, I, I did a few things that, that were, were pretty life altering. I started meditating. I started, uh, uh, writing. Uh, I just, I started writing a lot again. I, I had removed myself from writing for years and which is telling when I'm like bottled up and the universe delivered, uh, the universe <laughs> started to send me coaching clients. Coaching was not something that I was doing. It wasn't even something that I was aware, wow. uh, was a thing. Um, but at the, the one consistent thing throughout my twenties and, 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 and still is, is my relationship to food and diet. Uh, I adopted a paleo diet, like right, uh, during my senior year of college and was consistent with it because of the way that it made me feel. And, uh, and I, I started, I, I really became fascinated by it. And it was just one of my proclivities, one of my interests that people in my life noticed. And so right around that time, people started asking me, if I could coach them and everything changed for me the day that my friend Matt handed me, I think it was like $50. Okay. (laughs) $50. And he said, I want you to coach me for a week and we'll see how this goes. And if it goes well, we'll like, I'll sign on for longer, but I need you to coach me because I don't need any more information. I need accountability. I need support. I need somebody to help me, like follow through with my agreements and my commitments and my intentions. And I, I looked at him like, 
I, I think I asked him like, if this is, if this is illegal, like, is it, is this illegal for <laughs> you to pay me to do something that I care about for myself and, and help you do that? And, um, be, because that was, scam? am I a scam artist? Yeah. No. Because, well, because my whole life I'd been taught that yeah. it has to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. And at the time, entrepreneurship is huge now, but at the time, for example, Tim Ferriss didn't even have his podcast out. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was like right around the cusp of like that becoming a, a whole new trend, but it wasn't there yet. So it wasn't part of the, the culture and the youth culture at all. Um, so, so I, like, so, so when I said yes, and, uh, and then everything took off, right? Like after that, just, I devoted myself to, to the work and to, to doing great work and to finding more clients and to building up a company. Um, we went through a lot of ups and downs. Like there's, there's an, there's a failed app, uh, along the way I, I, there's a lot of different, I moved like nine times in 2015, uh, to, but I was dedicated and I, and I was, I was, I was following my Dharma and I was dedicated and I failure wasn't an option because it was just me going for it. And over the course of the next few years, I built up a really meaningful one-on-one practice. And then from there, um, scaled the moniker evolution eat, which is my comp, my original company into a, a group coaching program. And we, you know, um, uh, create a lot of free content and we have a digital course as well. And, 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 and do that. And then from there, uh, I worked with, um, some of my friends on helping them build their businesses. I was head of marketing with my friend, Daniel Di Piazza, rich 20 something, uh, for years, which exploded my network of, of friends who are entrepreneurs and, and opportunities and, and so on and so forth. And that's how I kept dev- developing my skill as a, as a coach, but also as an entrepreneur and, and somebody who knows how to build online business. Cause I started to just immerse myself in all of it. And, um, and, and that's what brings me to, that's what brings me to, to you today, just constantly following that path, even if it doesn't always make total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just coming back to self and trusting that my path, my way is the way that there is no way it's supposed to go other than how I want it to go and choosing like empowering choice, um, which most people have a really hard time doing. And that's why I think that is single greatest tool to get you from where you are to where you want to go because, um, because like trans, because transformation requires you to go so much deeper, um, than just like building goals, uh, achieving goals and building skills, which is great. It, it really has you, go deep inside yourself to choose yourself. And when you live life from that place, your life will absolutely transform. So I've devoted myself to being a world-class coach. I think it's the most important tool that's underutilized um, or uh, mistaken to be something that it's not. Um, And, I also see a lot of coaches coming onto the scene these, these days because it's a great 
way to create a living for yourself without, you know, and calling your life as you want it to go. However, um, with that, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of emphasis put on being a great coach, like actually developing your craft. And uh, that's what you're working on now, right? And that's, this, yeah. Oh, this is so good. This is why everyone needs to follow you. So I'm so happy that we're talking about this and I'm so happy it came up so naturally and so good. So yes, share everything because I think what you're doing is just so powerful and so necessary and so needed. Thank you. I appreciate so that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I am, I'm developing a a new program and a new, uh, what would you call it? Just a new wing of my, my business where I'm teaching coaches. You can already be a coach. You can be an aspiring coach. It it doesn't really matter. Um, where I'm teaching coaches, uh, how to master the arts, the craft and the business of being a great coach. So I see so many, programs out there that help coaches with the marketing and the branding, which is effectively how to make the monies, right? Which is fine. We all need to make money. Like it's really important, especially as you're making the leap and choosing yourself. So making the leap from like traditional line of work or school or whatever is your story. And then living life on your terms absolutely important that we're focused on how to actually make money or else we don't have a business. We just have a hobby. So there's a big Mm -hmm. difference there. Um, and yet with that and with so many coaches coming on the scene and with the explosion of social media as being a free marketing tool, anybody can call themselves a coach without any sort of validation, like, like credibility is the word without any sort of proof that they are good at what they do other than them maybe looking attractive or having like, uh, uh, provocative things to say. And then the programs that they go into their sort of training that they see that's readily available is all about how to make money. But along the way, just duplicate it and and, without a voice. Yeah. And then along the way, you're not developing yourself as an actual professional, which is a problem for a number of reasons. One, good luck having a career. If you don't actually devote yourself to learning how to be a coach, it's not going to happen. It's like, it's like, it's like an athlete worrying about getting a, a sneaker deal before he becomes a professional athlete, like before he trains to even be an athlete at all. Like that doesn't, do you think about how backwards that is, right? Like LeBron James at 12 years old, caring about his sneaker deal, but never actually playing a game of basketball. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. But yet, and then you get to a point where you hit a wall when you do make money and then you're like, well, who am I? Is this even me? It's like, well, what do I even do? Because you're relying so heavily on what you think you need to teach on. So this is so good. Right. And, and the most important thing is the impact that we have on our clients and the people who depend on us because like coaching and therapy are a, in, incredibly different. Therapy is about going into the past to mm-hmm. heal past wounds and to understand all the predictable patterns and, and ways of being that have you like that, that, that have you being who you are in the world. Um, but we mostly stick in the past, uh, to, 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 to do that work. Whereas coaching is about empowering a future. It's about getting clear on what, on, on who you want to be in the future and 
of moving into the future. It's always forward thinking, forward, forward looking. Um, but both are incredibly intimate and vulnerable uh, processes and relationships, whether it's with a therapist or a coach. And so when your clients are sharing all of themselves with you and you're not uh, trained or apt to be with them and to like work, th- work with them and work through them with their, with their problems. And you're just kind of like winging it wing that that's really irresponsible. There's a, there's a point at which I would say to anybody, just go for it and make shit happen in your life to, to get it going. But there's then when you actually want to go pro, you must become a professional, right? Because, because of the trust that our clients put in us, we can, that's a real shame, right? And that would be, a, that would, that's why the profession has, is looked, is like looked down upon or can be looked down upon from the outside world because of this lack of, um, proper training. So mm-hmm. it's and a if fine- you feel like that, like if, if someone's listening and they feel like, Oh shit, that's me. <laughs> like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, that's why Daniel's on the podcast is to help you through this. Like yeah. no point where you can't start again. Right. Oh yeah. Right. It's, it's just, it's just like practice with anything. It's like yeah. you just start right now. It doesn't, it's not, you're not sure. bad or wrong or there's no judgment around it. It comes from like, I've been a coach for five years and I didn't really start to develop my, I didn't start to invest in my being a great coach until about two and a half years, three years into it, mm-hmm. two and a half years into it. Um, because up until that time, I was just like, I, well, I didn't even know like, for, for so long. I didn't even know what I was doing. Like I didn't, I knew I was being a coach, but I didn't even consider that there was a whole industry that this is like a normal thing that people do. Yeah. I just, I just was so focused on what I was trying to build that um, I didn't even consider all this. Right. So, and, and that's part of it because I didn't even see that you could, you could invest in this part and become a great coach. So, so, so for a long time, I've been, in a one-on-one way, I work with mostly entrepreneurs and coaches and some uh, corporate folks who are looking to make the leap from the nine to five. And often coaching is a really great tool from, uh, from going there to being an entrepreneur. And, and coaching, being a coach and being an entrepreneur aren't the same because of this key distinction. An entrepreneur is somebody who creates business, a, 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 like a business and structures that have him not trading his time or, or he or she not trading their time for money. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and, and yet being a coach, you have the entrepreneurial spirit, meaning that you're working for yourself. You're, you're creating life on your terms. And it's, there's no judgment in any of that, but that proper definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who creates structures and businesses so that you aren't actually trading your time for money, right? That there's a whole system of process in place. But, uh, before, without going down that rabbit hole, I work with people, mostly entrepreneurs, mostly coaches or coaches, uh, in training. And, Mm -hmm. and that's been my one-on-one work for a really long time. And I recently had the insight like, Oh, I should be taking this to the masses now because, um, one thing that you'll see is that I haven't devoted a ton of time to social media, uh, throughout the past few years. I've really just been focused on building, my practice and building awesome businesses that I really care about. And that's really all I've had the bandwidth for to be, to be perfectly honest. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, this is something that I really do care about, like, tr- like treating our profession with respect and elevating it and helping coaches who want to be great at what they do. So that's why I'm building this new program and this new part of my business. And we'll be speaking publicly about this a lot now. I feel cool. a calling to, so go follow to, him <laughs> to, make, to make this, to make this dent in the industry and to help people who, um, who have either already been coaching or who, who, to, to asp- who aspire to be, great coaches and to know how to actually do that and to learn, um, to learn how to, to learn how to be it, right. To actually like learn how to be a professional about it. As far as the coaching work is concerned, the whole process of finding your people, of talking to your clients, of enrolling clients, of having conversations, of how to have conversations, of how to build, um, how to tap into your networks, how to, how to build a pipeline, all of these things. So, uh, yeah, that's how, you and I got in touch and that's the work that I'm, that's, that's my main focus right now. And, um, it is truly a gift to be able to do all that I do. So thank you for, for letting me share my story. Of course. And I think it's just, it's just so necessary because that's where, just there's so many gaps and I'm just so happy you're bridging the gap, which is why immediately I was like, you need to be on the podcast, <laughs> which is just so good. So thank you so much for being a guest. This has been like so good. Everyone's going to love it. I'm so, so excited to get this episode out. I'm so, so excited. So cool. where do you hang out the most? Where can people follow you the most? I know we have all the links. We're going to put them in the show notes, but where are you like right now? I'm obsessed with being here. So people can find you. Sure. So right now I'm obsessed with being in my inbox because there's so much going through it. So, <laughs> if, so if, if anybody who listens to this, like, um, as an interest in being a coach, you just email me directly and either my assistant or I will flag that down. You can just say, uh, I, I want to be a coach, right? Like put that in the subject line. I want to be a coach and email me at, um, at Daniel D A N I E L at evolution eat E A T.com. And I can, we can put that in the show notes. I'm sure Daniel at evolutioneat.com. Uh, you can go to, uh, you can check out my, my, that company's website, evolutioneat.com for help with, uh, diet and lifestyle, uh, stuffs. I'll be launching my, uh, I'll be launching my namesake.com, danielthomasine.com within the upcoming weeks because we're going to be doing some stuff over there and I'll be building up those platforms over the upcoming months and, and years as well. So eventually over the yet. So my inbox is the best place to find me. And, um, if you sign up for my email list, I share all of my ideas. It doesn't matter that the company is called evolution. Eat. I share all of my ideas. So you, that's so awesome. And thank you so much. This is so, so good. Cool. I'm glad that, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I, I've had an opportunity. I hope that, uh, that you, the listener has, have, have heard something for yourself in it. And, uh, Danny, I just really appreciate you and the work that you're doing. And, um, I have every confidence that we'll be, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. I hope you love, love, loved that episode. You want to come hang out with me a little bit more and maybe talk some more leadership, love and unfiltered voice. Then you can go ahead and find me on social media at Danny Driuso. And I would love for you to come join me in my private Facebook community. This is where the conversation continues. Okay. So I'm always in there giving you guys live trainings and information and just making sure that you guys are fully supported in your 
business, life, and leadership, okay? It's a totally free Facebook community and you can find the link below in the show notes to come join me there. And I would love, love, love for you guys to leave me a review if you feel so moved to and let me know how you are loving these episodes, okay? And maybe who you want to see on next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Unleash Your Voice podcast and go be bright, be bold, and be you.